Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's show, bi-monthly skip level reviews, part one. Before we go on, I'd like to share an exciting announcement with you. We often say that the most important thing a manager does is hiring. Well, now that's become a lot easier with the new interview creation tool. All Manager Tools individual licensees now have access to this tool. On the web-based tool, you'll answer 64 questions about the role, taking about 15 minutes. And seconds later, you'll have a complete interview ready to be printed with the questions to ask and how to analyze each answer. You can store these interviews, and the next time you're ready to interview for this role, it's there for you to print again. The tool is amazingly accurate and includes all our knowledge about hiring and interviewing in its algorithm. And it's available now to all Manager Tools individual licensees at no additional cost. And this is only one of the benefits of an individual license. For more details about individual licenses, visit us on the website, www.manager-tools.com. All right, now on with the show. We get asked all the time at conferences, on the forums, on email, the same question. Should I have one-on-ones with the directs of my directs? It's not surprising, right? I mean, folks, they realize, right? Look, if relationships with my directs are great, then relationships with everybody in my organization should be really good, right? So some CEO comes up to us and goes like, shouldn't I be having one-on-ones with the uh, equipment operator in the plant in Guanaco uh, yeah. or something <laughs> like that, right? Yeah, yeah, it boils down to where, where do you draw the line, right? I mean, the moment you start having one-on-ones with your skips, because one-on-ones help, because relationships are good, there becomes a, a point of scale where you reach a point of diminishing returns or inability to accomplish anything. And then it's just a question of, okay, it's a good idea, but it doesn't scale infinitely. So where do you draw the line? On the other hand, look, at the same conference that we get somebody saying, hey, should I have one-on-one with my skips? Or or they look at, they're looking at us quizzically and they say, how can I possibly have one-on-ones? I've got like 50 people in my organization. And we say, you've got 50 directs? Oh, no, no, no. I've only got four directs and each of them have four directs and then each of them have four directs. And that adds up to be 50. It may, by the way, folks, that math may not work. You know, And you're like, oh, okay, no. No, you don't want to do that. And then even smarter managers are saying, dude, how could you possibly even think about having one-on-ones with your skips? I can barely do my one-on-ones with my directs, let alone adding a whole nother layer of complexity on top of it. It'd kill you. And of course, we're sitting there watching two groups of managers arguing, going, yes, you're making our point for us. Thank you. It's a great moment when you're... Yeah, it is, right? Like, you guys just you figure this out yourself. And look, here's the point. We never, ever said you should have one-on-ones with your skips. Of course, we never say the word... We try to avoid saying the word should, too. So, no, you don't have one-on-ones with your skips. But people... Sometimes our, our guidance gets misunderstood, right? Because probably when you read bi-monthly skip-level reviews, people are thinking... You know, that, that's the title of this cast. People are thinking, okay, now I'm going to do skip. I'm going to do uh, a one-on-ones bi-monthly with my skips. No, that's not the point, folks. And sometimes, uh, sometimes we're not as clear as we could be. We had one listener once say that he was certain he had, we had told him that he should only have one-on-ones on Thursday, which I'm really pretty sure I never said. Pretty much. Um, I think it's okay to have a, a one-on-one ending in, with a day that ends in Y. But other than that, I don't think we... We said one particular day. But look, it really boils down to knowing your skips, 
and having one-on-ones about relationships because relationships help you get the most out of people you're working with because they're human beings, as frustrating as that is, it boils down to what do we do about cultivating some sort of knowledge about our skips for whose work we're responsible within some reasonable framework of not being able to spend a ton of time with them, right? And really what this boils down to even further is how do I get the most out of my entire organization? Because um, it's not enough to see your skips in groups and, you know, maybe kind of know all of their names because you have to do succession planning for your directs and surely their directs are going to be an important part of that succession planning. And hopefully everyone who's listening knows that you are responsible for succession planning for your directs positions. And that means knowing the strengths and weaknesses of your skips, right? So we have four recommendations. We recommend you spend time covering your skips on a bi-monthly basis in your one-on-ones with your directs. I think that was as clear as I could say it, right? We're not suggesting skip, skip one-on-ones. We're saying in your normal one-on-ones with your directs on a bi-monthly basis every other month, we're recommending you spend some time learning about each one of your directs' directs. Uh, look, if you've got a span of control issue, you've got a lot of people working for you or that your directs have a lot of people working for them. Our second point is add an extra 30 minutes to that one-on-one every other month if you need to in order to get everything done. The third point is a simple way to think about a framework for the briefing that you're going to get from your directs. And that is perform what we call the three P's, performance, potential, and people skills. It's easy. That's what people are responsible for, performance, potential. You've got to be considering that right? Whether this person can grow or not grow in terms of succession planning and generally planning for the future. And people skills because people have to get along and because there's more collaboration and more ad hoc teams and more projects that happen and people skills matter. And the last point is after you've been doing this for a while, bi-monthly, and you've, you've, you've gotten good at the process, everybody's comfortable at it. It doesn't take three hours to do. Things like this are always going to take longer the first couple of times you do them until you learn how to do them. Then you could probably go to quarterly once you've built a good base of knowledge about your skips. And this, it encourages some rigor in the thinking and the development of your your directs' minds about their own directs. Good. Now, look, our directs are managers, right? In this case, we're talking about skip levels, right? So we have managers who have directs. And as managers, they're responsible for the performance of their directs, right? Yeah. And we know that since they're responsible, then by de facto, we're responsible. We're responsible for everything our organization does or fails to do. So we're responsible for our skips performance as well. Right. And the way we recommend you handle that is you cover your skips bi-monthly in your one-on-ones. Yeah. You, You can't take over the responsibilities of those directs who are your managers by meeting regularly and directly with your skips. You just can't do it. Um, We've seen it tried. It has so many things working against it that it's, it's almost dangerous. I mean, look, think of it this way. How would you feel if your boss started meeting regularly with your directs? This is an interesting thing. When, when, when it is amazing to me, I've, I've talked about this before, Mike, it's amazing to me among managers, the extent to which, when you ask them to describe their boss in a culture that's fairly solid, in other words, there is a, there is a well-defined culture in an organization, whether it's hardworking or friendly or deadline-driven or technological or whatever, there's a theme to the culture. And so you can assume that there is some similarity among 
people in the culture. Uh, they're grouped around a, a mean, perhaps in terms of behavioral sets, somewhat more narrowly than than the general population, because that's what companies do to some degree. And you ask them to describe their boss. And there's a heavy tint, a tinge, a negativity to the description. Oh, he doesn't really know what's going on. And yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, okay, that happens. You know, there are bad bosses every once in a while. And then you ask him, well, how about your team? Oh, they're awesome. I said, well, what do you think their opinion of you? Oh, we're buds, dude. We're, we're, ha. <laughs> I mean, literally, I'm I'm having their kids. I, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, okay, we finish each other's right. sentences, right? It's yeah, <laughs> uh, we bunk together. It's like really, really, and, and I draw this picture of a, of a typical organizational chart pyramid, and I I say let, let's say the top level of the company is A, and level B is one level down, and level C is one level down, and D is one level down from that. When you and I go in and we do some some background research to coach an executive or to work with a group of people, you know, the person at level B says, hey, Mark, look, me and my boss, we got some issues. You know, he doesn't communicate terribly well. I don't really know what's going on. He's not really forthcoming about details. It's like he's cutting me out of stuff. On the other hand, me and my team, we're awesome. We're, we're tight-knit. Solid. We're close, yeah. right? And then you go down to level C thinking, okay, these guys are going to say, oh, yeah, we're tight with their boss. And they say something like, yeah, my boss has got some problems. He doesn't really communicate terribly well with us. He kind of cuts me out of things. I don't really know him that well. Not really a great communicator. And then you know what they say about level D? Oh, but we're tight. We, we, <laughs> right. we, we finish each other's senses. We're bunking together. Right? And it's like, dudes, do you not get that that probably isn't as true as you think, that you're probably in, in a fairly – clear culture, even if it's not a monolithic culture and completely narrow, in a fairly normal organizational culture, whatever it might be, what you think of your boss is not more than one standard deviation from what your directs think of you as their boss. It just doesn't happen. So when when managers say, should I have skip level meetings with my, well, should I have one-on-ones with my skips? I say, well, how would you feel if your boss did it? Oh, dear God, you can't possibly suggest that. Why would he do that? You can't. I mean, what would he be saying to me? Would he be saying he doesn't trust me, doesn't believe in me? Why would he be cutting me out of the herd? What's the problem here? Am I damaged? Like, no, but are you willing to say that about your directs? And you know what they all say? Oh, no, I don't mean that. They wouldn't think that. I'm like, what? It's like, who was it? I think it was Fitzgerald, F. Scott Fitzgerald who said the, the, the true definition of a genius mind is someone who can hold two opposing ideas in their head at the same time and not, I, I'm getting it wrong, and not have their head explode, right? <laughs> but, but the idea, it's, almost, it's, it's not quite galactically stupid, but it's close. The idea that your boss is evil, but your direct CU is inherently good. It's like the good witch versus the bad witch. Yeah, uh, and every manager I ever talked to is Glinda, right? It's, it's, yeah, it, it, yeah. Uh, it goes. There's it's a broader rule here in terms of a lot of managers. They just think them, of themselves as vastly different than their directs. Oh, you know that's a ooh, yeah. Talk about that. Well, you know they they got promoted, right? They got the job. They, they obviously care a lot more. They're obviously harder working. They're obviously smarter, and somehow they see they see themselves as different. So th- when they evaluate their directs. They evaluate them in, in this framework of them being better or smarter. And it's just not true. It's more than just not true. It's dangerous. We say it at every conference about, you know, I even use the phrase patting your people on the head. Don't sit there and think that you're smarter and you're better because you used to be them a year ago. You're not that much smarter and better just because you got promoted. You're not. 
Okay. Um, we used to say in the army, I'm sure I've said this before on the air, the worst thing in the world, if you're going to get promoted and you're moving bases, if you get promoted as an officer from a lieutenant, say to first lieutenant to captain, the worst thing in the world is there's going to be one di- one day difference in your promotion date. The worst day in the world to get promoted is the first day at your new base as opposed to your last day at your old base. Because if you get promoted the first day at your new base, they know you as a first lieutenant that just made captain. Their first impression of you is your first lieutenant. If you got promoted on your last day at the old base and you left your old base as a captain, when you get to the new base, you're captain. They just know you as a captain, which you stay for several years, right? And just the idea that, oh, no, I'm different. My people probably couldn't do this. I don't think I, you know. I can't trust them. I just got an email the other day from somebody who says, I really took your advice. I wanted to go on vacation. I've wanted to go on vacation for years with my family. I went on vacation with my family for two weeks and told my people, you got it. And I didn't check in every day and I didn't do stuff. And it was fine. Everything went fine. And this person was smart enough not to be worried about that, but rather to say, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's the way things should be. My people can handle it. Yeah. So be careful about patting your folks in the head and acting as if you're that much better than folks. And look, don't be worried about all the bad things that are going to happen because your boss might be meeting with your directs. And then, again, expect your directs not to assume the thing, thing, same thing might happen if you were meeting directly with your skips. At the same time, we know you cannot keep your boss from talking to your directs, but there is a cast for that, right, about what, what do you do when your boss starts skipping you to go directly to your directs. Uh, and it's not an effective way to do things all the time, although sometimes it does happen. Some of you have done it. We know you've done it. So clearly, look, we don't want you doing that to your team. We don't want you doing one-on-ones with your skips. What we want you to do is to rely on your directs to do their job and to figure out a way to communicate with you the things you need to know and so you can be effective in your role. We don't want you skipping them. So you've got to treat them with respect. Don't pat them on the head. You, what do you got to do? You got to treat them like managers, right? That's the answer. Right. Treat them like professionals, right? Expect them to do their jobs as managers. One of the most powerful and least talked about opportunities that we as managers have are our expectations of our directs, right? The, the Pygmalion effect. I, I really believe you guys can do it and it's a big goal, but I think we're gonna do, you're going to do it and it'll, be, it'll work out. Don't cover for them all the time by trying to manage them and their directs both. You're not that good. You don't have the time. God, I mean, if, if there is somebody with this amount of time, I'd like to meet him because everybody else says to me, Mark, I can't do that. I'm too busy. I don't have time to do anything. Well, let me take a negative view of that, right? The, the way my mind works is look, my directs are managers, right? And relationships with their directs is one of the jobs of the manager. And so if I'm subverting that, if I'm going around them, and I'm not holding them accountable for developing the relationship with their directs so they know enough to keep me informed about about their performance, then I'm guilty of not holding my directs responsible for their job. Right. I'm not holding them accountable. So Yeah, which means you're failing in your job, right? Exactly. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, expect your directs who are managers to be good managers, not to be between you and the people who are doing more of the work, don't don't say, well, you're not that good, so I have to do more work. That's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Your directs can't stop you from doing this. In the same way that you ought to be able to give a good, quick overview of the strengths and weaknesses of your team to your boss, you ought not to employ the soft bigotry of low expectations with your managers and say, oh, 
you know, I, I expect to do this for my boss because we're executives, he and I, but or she and I, but not you, right? I'll just pat you on the head and learn what I need to learn by talking to your folks directly. Wrong. Okay. And the best low impact way to start learning about your skips in a way that is commensurate with holding your directs accountable is to conduct regular skip level reviews with each of your manager directs. I'm going to use that phrase manager directs so we don't get confused between skips and directs and so on. When I say manager directs, I mean your directs who are managers, and we recommend doing that on a bi-monthly basis initially. Here's what you do. You let them know two to three weeks in advance. You announce it in your staff meeting. We, you know, don't, we've said this before, don't introduce managerial change or don't, yeah, don't introduce managerial change without introducing managerial change. Don't just start doing one-on-ones. Don't just start doing skip level meetings. Don't start doing skip level reviews without explaining to people, hey, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to change the way I manage you. And, and it's not because I'm, was a bad manager. It's because I can be better as a manager, right? And let them know that in an upcoming set of one-on-ones that you do with them every week, you're going to ask them to go through a brief overview of each of their directs. And by the way, this is another reminder about why weekly one-on-ones really are how to drive the train, because you've absolutely got to recognize that if you're only meeting every other week, you're going to be at a high level with people and doing this every other month, you're not going to have time to get this done in, in a half an hour. And if you're meeting every hour, every other week, or if you're meeting for an hour every other week, you're not going to have time because you're not going to be down in the weeds enough about what your managers are doing, let alone what their skips are, what your skips are doing. Now, look, depending upon the size of their teams, their newness as managers, your knowledge of the people who are your skips. And you look, maybe you're brand new to the entire company, or maybe you used to be one of those skips three or four years ago, and a lot of them are still there. You simply do this overview during a regular one-on-one. Ask your manager directs to try to keep it to their their part of the one-on-one to 10 minutes or 15 minutes tops. And then you take the remaining time to listen to their briefing. Say, hey, look, I want to give you a notice in advance. My time, I'm going to telegraph in advance what my questions are going to be about. I want to hear about your skips during my time. Those are the questions I'm going to be. I'm going to, I'm going to forego my day-to-day, week-to-week, detailed, down-in-the-weeds questions about operations. And I'm going to pick my head up and look up a little bit to the future. And I need you to help me by giving me a briefing about stuff. No, we don't recommend this very often. Go back through all of our one-on-one casts. We don't want scripted one-on-ones. We need a way to learn about our skips. And this is a periodic meeting where it's a great way to do it. Look, some managers tell us that they don't get through everybody in the first meeting. That was true for me. It's totally normal. Rather, though, then turning it into a two-hour standalone session, which everybody dreads. Trust me, everybody dreads it. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. We recommend you work this knowledge and the briefing of this knowledge into your already existing one-on-one. Hey, no, look, you don't have to. Okay. Our rationale here is worth explaining though. Making it a part of your one-on-one makes it a part of continuing operations rather than a periodic standalone which may in fact get knocked off based on what's busy and what's not in any given period of time. And if you do it during a one-on-one, it makes it part of regular operations and increases the amount of normal discussion you're going to have about your skips and their performance going forward. If you have a standalone meeting, your directs are going to get ready for it. They're going to brief it. They're going to be like, glad it's over. And then they're going to move on. Yeah. We only talk about our directs when we're having these these meetings. During these big meetings. And that's not what you want. Yeah. 
needs to be part of the normal conversation. Yeah. Ask yourself which of these two statements you would dread hearing more from your boss. The first one is, hey, let's start in a couple of weeks. You've given me a sense of the capabilities of each member of your team. During a one-on-one, I'm going to want to hear about the three Ps for each one of your team. Um, of course, I'll, I'll define three Ps here in more detail here in just a minute. Um, you're welcome to create a briefing for me, but you don't really need to. If we only get through a couple of folks during the first session, that's fine. We'll keep going until we get through all of them. I'm going to give up my 10 to 15 minutes of the one-on-one. You're still going to get the first 10 to 15 minutes, and then we'll devote the rest of the session to the skip level review. Okay? That's what we're going to call this, guys. We're going to call it a skip level review. We'll do it during one-on-ones because we're all meeting out. Okay, that's the first thing, right? Most people say, okay, I can do that. I'll get some stuff ready for the boss. Imagine, though, that you were in a meeting and your boss said this. Okay, in two weeks, I'm going to sit down with each one of you, and I'll want a complete uh, P3 briefing on each of your team members. It'll be just you and me, one-on-one. I want to cover everyone on one session. Let's make it two hours long. Every manager in the room is going, oh, crap. I got to spend hours. I got to spend hours, and I have to spend hours all at once getting ready for everybody And after doing the first two, I'm going to dread it as opposed to doing three or four in the first week and then three or four the next week and then three or four in the last week. Yeah. So doing it in an existing meeting makes it feel more operational, less like a burdensome dog and pony show. That's why we recommend doing it. Having done it both ways, that's why we recommend doing it as part of normal operations. I remember reading years ago about session C's, session Charlie's at General Electric where Jack Welch would sit down. Part of their normal operating routine was once a quarter, they would sit down with the top 50, with dossiers of the top 50 or 200, I can't remember how many it is now, of the uh, people with what amount to do baseball cards, one-page overviews of, of people in the organization and, and talk about, okay, what has been their performance, how they've been doing, what are they needing, what could we assign them, what's changed in the last 90 days, those kind of things, right? And it's a regular repetitive meeting. It's not a big dog and pony show where we do it twice a year and everybody ramps up for it, has it, and then completely forgets about it, does a brain dump afterwards. We want to do this in the course of normal business operations to make talking about our skips a normal part of succession planning, future planning, and professional and personal development. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll finish this one up next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.